Hey, Chad, you want to hear a dad joke about debt? Let's hear it. Why should you always borrow money from a pessimist? Oh, boy. I don't no. know why. Because they'll never expect it back. <laughs> oh, boy. That's great. That was very clever. Welcome back to another episode of Smart Money Parenting and Bad Dad Jokes. Today, oh we're going to be talking about borrowing, about debt. How do we teach kids about debt? The world is split on this issue. Some people are pro-debt, some people are anti-debt, and we're going to talk about some of the things that we're in the, in the middle of right now with some of our very famous friends later on the episode, but Thanks for watching, watching, listening, viewing, subscribing all over the world. If you guys got questions, send them into smartmoneyparenting.com. Um, if you have a friend that needs to hear about this, maybe they're in debt and they need to talk about it today and listen. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about. So Chad, one of the world's yes. experts on financial competency. Today's issue is debt and borrowing. Is it good? Is it bad? If you're in it, how do you get out of it? Let's talk about that. What first comes to mind for you? I'm gonna I'm gonna reference this book, Smart Not Spoiled. Um, chapter two is really about borrowing wisely and about what to teach kids about borrowing. And I think one of the first things we have to teach kids is the types of loans, what borrowing is, but also the types of loans that are pretty common. So in the book, I put mortgages, money borrowed from a bank to help pay for a real estate property like a home, student loans, paying for education, business loans. That's important to talk about. I don't think kids learn much about business loans at all. Home equity loans, car loans. And then we talk about ways that people can borrow. So there are mortgages and loans from the banks, and there are also credit cards. And with, with credit card debt over a trillion dollars, college debt over a trillion dollars, like we have a lot of loans out there. And I think a lot of the borrowers don't completely understand even the terms of their own loan. So this is a real issue that we've got to teach kids from a young age because the second they turn 18, they begin, they're eligible to be solicited for loans. So they get stuff. I, my daughter turned 18 last year, 2022. The week she turned 18, she got six mailers offering her money. And she was like, what is this, dad? Like they're- Free money. This, yeah, free money. One of these companies said, we'll give you happy 18th birthday, McKinley. It literally had her name and it said- we congratulations, we'd like to give you $20,000. And she's like, dad, this is awesome. And I'm like, jackpot, really? Really? Jackpot, dad. Yeah. I hit the jackpot. I get a credit, I get a fake plastic card that I can put into a machine and use $20,000. $20,000. You have no idea how many kids graduate from the school system. You know, in the last episode, we just talked about the school financial standards that are coming up. You have no idea how many millions of kids every year graduate high school and then immediately, not just student loan debt, they go into credit card debt like you've never seen at 24% interest rates, which means anyone listening who doesn't know this, you're paying an extra 24% a year on whatever money you're borrowing if you don't pay it back in time. And this is what saddles millions and millions of young people in debt. The average American stats are out. It's like $95,000 a household in debt. The average American doesn't have more than 500 bucks in an emergency fund. And 80% of Americans have credit card debt alone and they go for paydays. They leverage to the hilt to live the life they want to live today 
without understanding that they're not going to be able to live the life they want tomorrow. Right. It's a lot of keeping up with the Joneses. You know, it's like, well, they I, I saw on Instagram or TikTok and they have this cool thing or they went to this cool place on vacation. So the only way I can I, I want to do that same stuff. I want to show off a little and I can't afford it. So therefore, I just have to borrow it and I'll just worry about paying it back later, you know, because YOLO, I only this is my chance. But really, the, the decisions you make of spending your future earnings can be really, really dangerous. Um, so we're not in the camp that says borrowing is evil and you should have zero debt your entire life. We don't think that's realistic, but you can really get reckless and ruin your, your future if you make bad debt decisions today. So you got to teach your kids what borrowing money is, what it costs. That might require you to do a little research and digging on what actual, what the, what are the consequences of taking out loans? Well, let's, uh, how does that work? Let's go back to the root here, because I think we need to we need to frame both sides of this argument for everyone. Okay. Right. People listening today are saying, you know what, debt, it's critical. You know, if 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 you're not getting debt, you can't grow what you want to grow in the future. There's other people saying debt is absolutely evil. It is not just a double edged sword. It's a nuclear bomb and we shouldn't touch it at all costs like we need to get into the mind of both sides because i think you and i have a very interesting rule on this which is debt is something to be taken extremely seriously it should never be the first go to and it should only be considered once you're financially competent very very financially competent you have your bases covered you have your emergency funds covered you have your investing set you have your saving sharing spending correct then maybe and then only maybe you should consider it for appreciating assets only right a business loan a home that grows in equity and maybe and just maybe a student loan but you should that should be your last option last resort because who right. knows if your major that you're going to get is even going to be able to pay back that hundred thousand dollar loan right? right i got buddies in their 30s and 40s that are still paying that back and they regret every second of it so we are like it's a last it's a last resort and it should only be used for appreciating assets but i think it's critical to get in the mind of both sides okay so can we start with the anti because we have two, we have very close friends you and i right Right. right. We've got we've got the Ramsey side of the equation, the Dave Ramsey side. Debt is an absolutely terrible idea. The borrower is slave to the lender. And then we've got the other side, which is like the Grant Cardone friends of ours and Grant himself. That's like if you're not using debt and your bank account's empty, so you're leveraging assets that are growing, you're an absolute moron and you should never talk to me. I'm I'm paraphrasing. Sorry, Grant, if you're listening. Uh, but we need to get into the mind of it because what we're focusing on is parenting. We're focusing on how do you teach kids about this? How do we make them smart, not spoiled? So help me understand the sides here. Yeah. So I would say the anti-debt group, a lot of that mindset comes from financial crises in American economic history. So the depression mindset, when the banks were failing, people who had loans literally were buried financially and never recovered. Um, people in 2006 to 2009, sometime during that time frame with the real estate recession and the banks being over leveraged and all the financial crisis outcomes that came that ruined businesses, people lost their homes. There were foreclosures everywhere because those who borrowed more than they could afford got buried. So 
there is a there's PTSD from issues of where people have overborrowed and put their personal life or their business in major financial trouble. On the flip side, um, well, there let, me, are those... let, me add, let me add to that. Yeah, go ahead. Because I think when you think about no debt, you know, there really is a case here. Okay. If you have a credit card, the stats show that you immediately are spending 30% more without thinking about it. Psychologically, yeah. Yeah. you spend more. When you're not paying with a dollar bill, you spend more. That's why you're on a cruise vacation and they use a card or a wristband or you use chips at a casino, right? You just spend more because you don't feel the pain of spending. If you can psychologically remove the physical act of having to pay and get change and get a return, like then right. you just, you it's out of sight, out of mind. And right. I, I hopefully I have enough in the bank account or in the, in the credit card amount and my, I'm not yep. maxed out. So let's go, let's max it out at the party. So it's very true that you immediately are spending 30% more psychologically when you remove the cash, right? So right. like the Ramsey crew is like, hey, put your paycheck in cash, put it in envelopes. So you're very wary about where you're spending. And I do actually believe that there's a lot of Americans who their financial literacy level, their competency is on the lower end and they need to understand where every dollar is going, right? Because if you're not tracking where your dollars are going, it's it's out. It's out the door faster than you can blink. So I do think that there are really some credible cases where that's the approach to take, right? Like I, one of the things that I remember seeing, you know, my in-laws do this, you know, they've yep. same salary 30 years in a row paid off their house in 26 years. Cat, their, their paycheck goes into cash. They're some of the most brilliant financial stewards uh, I've ever seen. They're not wasteful. They're very smart. They're not they're not selfish with their money. They're they're frugal, right? They're not miserly. They're right. very generous, but they they understand how to manage their money. And the last thing I want to make sure to give a really strong case for this crew, because I know Ramsey and his team, they love Gravy's deck. Right. When you when you're out of debt, when you have no debt, right? I don't have house loan. I don't have any loan. I don't have credit card debt. I'm free. There is a weight. Like you've True. never seen off your shoulders, yep. right? And that gives you more confidence to invest. That gives you more confidence to go big for the future. I can take more risks for a business. I can work really hard to get that promo. I can be more um, confident for my future self because I know that I'm not like so in debt that the, the, the little crack in the ceiling breaks the whole house. Yeah, I think teaching kids, I think what you're right, Scott, and, and as a parent, let's bring it back to smart money parenting here, teaching your kids that there's more than a financial burden to excessive debt. There's a mental and emotional burden. Yes. People literally feel the weight of their debt internally. It's stressful. It's There's anxiety. And if you have a flat tire unexpectedly or an air conditioning unit breaks where you live, you don't have the extra money to go tap into because you've spent and borrowed and you're you're just living on the edge in a very risky situation. That is not just financially scary. That's emotionally and mentally damaging. So teaching kids that like this is not a game. No, this is not a game. This is not monopoly. This is not cash flow for kids. It's not a game. This is like real stuff. If you make financial decisions that borrow and borrow and borrow your way into debt, and then you have an unexpected accident, which is actually happens pretty often for families, 
it's going to hurt you. It's going to be painful. Yep. So this, this topic is a real topic to teach kids about. And I, I think those that make a case for having no debt certainly have a lot of great, um, they, they have a lot of great evidences of how it can help you be more financially successful and confident. So that's, we're not going to take away from that by saying that, you know what I mean? Like yep. it, it is something to be reckoned with. It's, it's hard because I'm literally agree with both sides of this camp, right? There right. is, there is a very fine line here that, you know, credit card debt, I think it's absolutely uh, a scourge. I think if you're not paying, if you, if you're not cash, I think that's a great first step, especially when you're starting out and you're just learning about money, you should try to have cash and understand how to spend with cash where you can automatic bills, automatic monthly subscriptions. Those things are out of sight, out of mind, and it's money out your door, right? One of our first games in gravy stack is to cancel unwanted subscriptions. We teach them how to do it. And these kids are the average family right now is saving $547 in uneven. They didn't even remember that they had these monthly expenses. Amazing. Kids are doing it themselves and helping mom and dad out. But we also have a borrow level. We have a whole level of 10 missions in the game for gravy stack that talks about borrowing and the issues of borrowing. And what kids need to understand is, you know, this, there's real life consequences. You know, you do not realize the taxation, not on your money, on your brain, on your health, right. your future, right. you know, there are a lot of people in debt that would do anything to get out of it. And the confidence that comes from not being in debt is, is really powerful. And my favorite thing that we do in the game is a loan. You do a, you do a fake loan with, not a fake loan, a real loan with mom and dad with contract and collateral and interest and what the kids putting up I've, you know, some of our families that we're testing this with, they're, they're putting, kids are putting up teddy bears and clothes and like cards and stuff. Collateral. I love it. I love so it. The parents give the kids, they choose something under $50 they want to buy. Mom and dad gives them that loan and they go through the contract negotiation together. What's the interest? What's the payments? What do I got to do to work it off? Uh, what's the collateral if you don't pay by this time? And there's more in there that you can get as deep as you want in the game, but it's, it's very powerful. Kids immediately say, I'm going to do this many home gigs. I'm going to do this many uh, projects in the community neighborhood to make enough money to pay this back on time. And the stress they get from that makes them realize I have to be very careful about this in the future. I should never outspend, right? The key to wealth, spend less than you make. That's right. it. But I think that's a cool example that Gravy Stack is doing for parents and kids is that you're actually experiencing a loan in a pretty safe environment between one of your parents or both of your parents. Like you as a parent, don't just lend your kid money. It's a great opportunity the next time your kid's like, hey, can I get this? And we're at the store and you're like, well, do you, do you have any money with you? And they're like, no. We're like, well, do you want to borrow some? Let's write up a little agreement. You know, here's the terms. You got to pay me back by this time and charge them an interest, even if it's a dollar teach them that borrowing costs more than just the amount that they spent. Dad, so Dad. they feel that, you know what I mean? Like, and um, it's, it's just critical. Like I, I remember I borrowed money from my parents one time and my dad was like, well, I can lend money. I can lend money right now and get a three or 4% return. Why would I lend money to you if I'm going to get less? And I was like, Oh man, he's like, why don't you make me an offer on an interest rate? And I was just out of college and I, it wasn't a big loan at all, but 
But I remember thinking like, man, this is a higher interest rate than I wanted to pay. And I really wanted to pay him back off quicker. But had he just given me the money, this, this little loan interest free, you know, to pay for this little used car, then I, I would not have learned the lesson that I learned. I wanted to pay it back very quickly. So create yeah. a little contract, create an agreement, teach your kids that lending does cost more than just spending the money outright. And don't let kids put up their siblings as collateral. Yeah, <laughs> as much as they'd like to, as much as they would like to. You don't want to let them put up for collateral things that they want to give away. That's right. So, things they don't, they don't actually own. It's, it's powerful to teach these lessons at home. Like you nailed it, Chad. Like this is very important. Families that take on the banking and financial literacy at home are the families where kids, they enter the real world confident, they're capable, they're, they have more strength for the future, they're future proof. Those are the kids that we want to help raise. That's the whole point of this show. They're so, ready to succeed. They're ready okay. to succeed in the real world. So let's let's talk about the other side. We've I think sure. hopefully we've given credit to the Ramsey point of view, the no debt point of view. Now let's flip it. What put yourself in the mind of some of our dear friends, Grant and some of the others, you know, especially when it comes to real estate and business and things like that. What what's the point on the case on that side? Yeah, I say parents talking to kids, parents talk to your kids that if you're going to borrow money, it's only for something that's useful that will give you more money back than what you borrowed. With a I high degree critical. of certainty. Well, yeah, with a high degree of certainty, which is kind of tough. But I, I just think that like, if you're borrowing to keep a lifestyle up, kids, that's a bad idea. Do not borrow money to make lifestyle consumer purchases, to make luxury purchases. Like if you're borrowing money to start a business and you've got a business plan and you've got ideas and you've tested the market a little, that's a way more productive loan than borrowing on your credit card to go spend a bunch of money that you don't even have, right? Borrowing to buy a real estate property and you've got a potential tenant and you're going to rent money. Like I have a friend whose his goal is that each of his three kids have an investment property by their 16th birthday that they've bought. And it's really cool to see that because he's helping them earn a bunch of money and they've calculated the down payment. They understand the cost of property management, how much they could rent it out for. And so by their 16th birthday, they want to have a rental property that has cash flow above what the expenses of the mortgage are. And so those are very productive use loans, potentially. They're not guaranteed that you're going to make a profit, but Borrowing money for growth in business and investing is actually, there's a lot of great cases to be made. Most of our clients at Pacific Capital have grown by using other people's money. So they, they would take the stance that having no debt ever is not only unrealistic, but it's unproductive. Like the banks make a lot of money because they borrow other people's money and they use it. So and the case to be made that teaching your kids that borrowing is useful is when it's used for productive and potentially profitable opportunities. A great example for parents is try to only use debt for appreciating assets. Just that is the rule of thumb. Pay off right. your debit and credit cards every single month without fail. If you're not, you have something else to focus on before you even think about what we're talking about now. Right. But, the, but what we really want to say, you know, and Chad was really helpful with me understanding this. If you have money in the market and it's growing and it's gaining value and it's getting interest for you, there is a way to potentially margin and loan out some of that money 
for appreciating other appreciating assets and investments, right? Like I personally have a ton of different investments in companies that I care about in real estate. You know, we took, we margined money that was in the stock market, a little bit of it, not a lot, a little bit of it to go into a real estate asset that we wanted to use as a family and then rent it out to cash flow. And it's been appreciating in value, right? Yeah. So now we're making money in the market. We're paying a lower interest rate on the money we're loaning, and we're using that to buy assets that appreciate. That is one of the secret sauces of smart money parenting, of wealth accumulation. So many of our friends that are going to come on this show, you know, and this is why we want to be really open about this, because we're going to interview a lot of people on this show that have created massive wealth by making smart decisions when it comes to borrowing and creating value in the world, Right. I look at Pace Morby, my buddy, who's a big time influencer in the real estate market, Cardone and all those guys, they're using appreciating assets and they're using it wisely. Now, they don't leverage everything. They don't go way over their skis. And if they do, they regret it, you know, and they, they get really scared and it's a ton of stress and it's hard on their families. But there's a level at which you have to decide yourself, how comfortable are you with risk? How comfortable are you with borrowing? If you are more risk averse, you're going to want to go on the low end. And if you're, if you believe the future is abundant and you have a lot of opportunity and things are going to grow, then you want to challenge yourself and, and take a little bit more risk. So we want to be very open about both sides, right? So much of the wealth accumulation over the last 10 years is people utilizing smart borrowing to grow assets that gain in value at all the time. And you don't have to buy a home by the time you're 16, Chad. I mean, if, if someone's listening right now and you're making it buy on paycheck to paycheck, why don't you help your 10-year-old start a dog walking business in the neighborhood? Right. Give them, give them, loan them a little bit of money to buy some leashes and buy some uh, pamphlets that they can hand out and maybe buy some dog bones and help them start a dog walking business where they can get paid weekly or monthly from clients around the neighborhood to walk their dogs. That is a small version of what Chad is talking about. And there's hundreds of those that we give you ideas to do in Gravy Stack. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the point is, if you're an entrepreneurial family, if your kid is an entrepreneur, if you want to make them an investor, entrepreneurs and investors certainly have a financial base first and you can teach your kids about making those smart money decisions and having a base, having a home base, having a savings account, emergency fund, getting out of bad debt, credit cards, getting all that stuff paid off. And then there are things that you probably need to borrow for. Most people don't pay cash for their first house. So it's okay to tell your kids, like if they wait till they can pay cash for a house, especially where I live in California, they're going to be without a home when they're 90 years old. Um, it's just too expensive to live here without having a loan, especially on your first home. So teaching kids that borrowing money, you need to do it thoughtfully and you need to really look at the terms and understand who you're borrowing from. Also teach your kids about credit scores. Teach your kids that like, you know, if, if, some, if you lend money to a friend at school multiple times and they never pay you back, eventually you're not going to lend them money. And that's the same with us and the banks. Like if you're really good and trustworthy and reliable about paying money back, you're going to get a better rate. You're going to get better terms when you need to borrow money in the future. So I think it's a great thing to teach kids. Kids understand scoring. They know scores. So teach them about credit scores. Teach them a little bit about what it means to be a good borrower. These are, these are principles that you can teach at a very, very young age. You don't have to wait. 
and stay away from payday loans and loan sharks and high interest collateral pawns shop, like just stay away from all that stuff as much as humanly possible. Here's my advice, Chad. If anybody here is trying to make a decision about debt, like I think more people listening are trying to get out of debt, honestly. And if you're trying to get out of debt, knock off the highest interest debt first. Create a plan right now where you're going to live on less than you live on and start chunking off as much of that debt, starting with the highest interest as, as fast as you can. Get it out. Then when you have the confidence, if, if there's people listening that are trying to make a decision to go borrow for an appreciating value, talk to two people in your life that you trust the most to manage and invest money. Go find a financial planner. Go find a mentor. Have somebody in your life you can talk to and say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to decide on this. I would love your opinion. Everybody here is, is now it's like four degrees from Kevin Bacon, not six. You will find great financial and wealth planners, managers, investors, entrepreneurs, people that you trust in your life to make these decisions. Do not make them in a silo. Do not keep it secret. Find a couple people that you trust that you can sit down with and lay it out. Lay out your assets, your net worth, what you have and see if this is the right decision for you. And I guarantee you, they're going to come up with 10 brilliant questions that we're not even covering on this podcast or recording this show. They will come up with great things to help you think smart uh, about what, where to put that and how to get that borrowing. So that's my advice. Never make those decisions alone. Always get advice from two trusted people. And I would add to that, Scott, like don't teach your kids that it's just wrong or right. It's not black and white. Like I, I, I talked to a lady recently who wanted some financial advice and she's in her 70s. She's retired. She's a widow. She took basically like 90 percent of their bank account balance and paid off their, her new house. And now she's struggling and doesn't have much money in the bank for cash flow to pay her needs and bills besides the money that's automatically coming in and it's like in her mind she just said i was always raised that you shouldn't have a mortgage and you should have no debt so i took all the money and i paid off this big house in california and it was like i wouldn't if had i spoken to her before then and she reached out i would not have told her to do that because she's she's what they call house rich cash poor she doesn't have much in the bank account now and you can't pay bills with your home equity so teach right. your kids that it's not just black and white and debt needs to be thought about strategically, thoughtfully. There are a lot of people that will want to lend you money, but it's not always the right thing to do. So don't take first offers. Don't sign up for a bunch of credit cards when you turn 18. Teach your kids to really understand that signing a contract for debt has real consequences. So hopefully no you enjoyed some of the stuff we're talking about with debt. But I, I just think this is a really important topic. There's no free money. There That's is right. no free money. The moment someone has a get rich quick scheme or they have some credit card opportunity or some MLM or whatever it is, there is no free money. But you know what there is? There's smart decisions. There's discipline over time. And the seventh, the eighth wonder of the world is called compounding interest. And that is how you grow wealth over the long haul. I'll tell this, I'll tell this story real quick, Chad. We First company ever uh, was Apex, the school fundraising company that we launched. Um, we signed our first 30 schools. They paid a deposit of $1,000. I used that, went to the bank, got a $50,000 loan. Thank God my dad helped co-sign on it. We got the loan to buy all the prizes and the 
printing and everything to serve those first 30 schools that first year in 2011. And we ended up turning that business into a 45 state, 600 employee, seven, six, seven million families now that we've served and raised money for schools and taught leadership Amazing. and fitness. It's called Apex Leadership Co. It's one of the best school fundraising programs in America for elementary schools. Get your school on it if you're not on it. But we turned that $50,000 loan that was backed by contracts right, and POs um, into a business worth you know, tens of millions of dollars. Um, and that is the power of making these smart borrowing decisions. If I would have just taken out a ton of money of something that I would had no idea if it was going to work or not, that would have been unwise. So you have to really take the time to consider this. It should have weight. It should have a lot of weight for you. And you can do a great job if you really get good counsel and you're clear with your kids on what it means. So start young. We're both on the same page there, man. Great example. So thanks for checking out this episode on debt and borrowing. We hope you got a couple of ideas to talk to your kids about. Like and share the show, smartmoneyparenting.com. Give us questions, give us feedback. You can record a voice memo there. We'll, we'll play it live on the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Take care, guys. It takes more than money if you want to succeed. They got to know what to do with it. They got to take the lead. Got to give them confidence. Got to make them smart. If the kids are going to thrive, now's the time to start. Smart Monday Parenting.